0: Part two of our discussion with a former member of the AUB Polygamy Group, Emily Lee, next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? (music) Our special guest this time is Emily Lee. We did part one last time, and this time we're going to further our conversation, discussion with her experience and her thinking of some of the... Of the experiences that she went through and others in the all red polygamy group. Thank you, Emily, for coming and joining us and sharing, being willing to share uh, what you know about and what you've experienced as being part of a polygamy group and you've left. Yes, and that's a very important thing too. So thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for having, having me the to share and for sharing your experiences with others because. Like we said before, I think it really helps people make a decision if they, should I leave or not? Should I leave or not? Uh, We were always taught that if you leave, your life will be miserable. You'll never be happy again if you leave. Have you found that to be true? And were you ever threatened with that?
1: Yeah, I think that that's definitely one of the big fears is that you won't be happy that you'll be um, amongst the other apostates. And <laughs> that life won't be good. But also that you won't get to heaven, that you'll be in the lowest yeah. level of heaven. Yeah. So I do remember being a teenager and thinking, well, hopefully my parents will come down and visit me because <laughs> I can't live that way. <laughs> you can't do it
0: that way. <laughs> and, I, and, and I've thought about that through the years. And I've had some pretty rough times after I left, some pretty down times, bad times. But there's never a day that I regret leaving. Good. Not one day I ever good. regret getting out.
1: Yeah, I never would have looked back. Yeah. I never would have. And you weren't married in the group? No, no, I wasn't. So my father married us, um, but I married an only child from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I bet that so, made them
0: happy, huh?
1: Yeah, they were They were happy even. Uh, they had to sign for us to get married. I was mm-hmm. 17,
0: mm-hmm. like wow. two months
1: after my 17th birthday. So,
0: okay. um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. But, they, but you did it, you know. You you broke the mold, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to uh, I want to bring up a topic that is a very sad statement. Uh, it resonates with me very deeply, and it's one that uh, I heard you talk about in another interview. And the statement is three words: dads are useless. Explain why why. That is a statement that that is said, and has been said, by people in polygamy. And why are they useless according to polygamy?
1: My father and a lot of other fathers that I know of was extremely physically abusive. And I don't ever remember seeing him change a diaper, feed one of us kids. He was kind of like the king of the castle and everything revolved around him and if he decided to fly off the handle and beat all of us then he could and we never wanted him to come home we were scared of him and Mm. life went a certain way when he wasn't there so Mm. when he came home it was like we had to shape up and get in line and be fearful and Watch our younger siblings to make sure that he didn't go after them. Mm. Um, so I think that that really revolves from dads are useless when it comes to taking care of to being their kids to being
0: a dad, to being right? A dad. Right. Yeah, and <clears throat> it's, it's almost mirrored what my experience was. Uh, the same, my dad was very abusive, and I didn't want him around. When, I, when he started disciplining me, uh, the discipline went from my mother, who was also abusive, to him when he was there. And we couldn't call him dad. He never acted mm-hmm. like a dad. He acted like a probation officer. You right. Know. That's how it feels. Or a jailer you know, <laughs> right. with a whip in the chair. And, and, and there never was any dad factor in it at all right. with our relationship. So
1: I think that any dad factor that I had with mine was one that I developed out of a sense of survival. Um, I I was able to be, uh, have a calm demeanor and find a way to keep him in a relatively decent mood, you know, sit on Mm. his lap and snuggle him. I was always the one that the older kids would say, you go ask dad. He might mm. say yes to you. Wow. And wow. so I f- just found a way to appease him. Mm. so that. But obviously that wasn't the case all of the time. Um,
0: yeah. And there was no sitting on his lap and snuggling him in our family. It just wasn't there. And there was a little bit of resentment uh, in our family because the first family, my mother was the second wife, the first family could, he never abused the first wife's kids, mm. just the second wife's kids. Yeah. And they could call him Daddy. We couldn't. Mm. You know, we had to call him by his first name. They got his name. We didn't. Oh. You know, that's the way it is in the Kingston group. And so dads were useless. Yeah. You know, I, di- I didn't have a dad. Yeah. I didn't. Have, I just had a man who liked to beat us up. Yeah. They're coming around. That's awful. Yeah. So when you said that, I thought, well, you, how many families have been hurt deeply deeply hurt by this idea of polygamy for salvation when it's so and un- it's not righteous at all it's unrighteous no, it's ungodly completely completely unrighteous and how many children carry that around with them like you say you just have just been able to put aside some of your medication because of the hurt and the pain that you've had to suffer yeah and that's multiplied so many times over Uh, Every Mormon polygamy group teaches and even threaten their members with silence. So we've talked about that last time a little bit. Um, They must protect polygamy at all costs. Secrecy is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Now, we were taught the lies to tell. Were you? Were you? Did you have your little meetings where they ask you this? You tell them this Mm -hmm. lie and so on. Yep. Yep.
1: So I don't know that it was as severe or extreme in the AUB as it was with the Kingston but again there's things that were taught at such an early age that they were just kind of programmed into your head so it was if you say this then you know this could be the repercussion and Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. these are the things that you need to be careful with Mm -hmm. and we could call our dad dad but I remember going to his office at a young age and it was be very careful don't don't call my, my grandma. His mom was the secretary there. And so don't call grandma, grandma. Make sure to say Dolores. And oh. don't call dad, dad. Make sure to say but Dave. Wait, there
0: there could be some flubbing up there if you're mm-hmm. used to calling him dad at home. Right, right. Wow. So... And the, and with the FLDS, all of the kids could call their father father. They, they could call him dad. I think they had to call him father. Yeah, I but think they were so. at least recognized as being children, being of his next. children. Yeah. yeah, Well, we're in the Kingston group. You can't at all.
1: Yeah, and in our family, I don't think that my dad beat the third wife's kids. And she mm. she was more of the favorite wife. Mm. He's always had a favorite wife, yeah. and so he didn't beat all of the kids. Um,
0: now, what about that? There, there's so many people who who justify polygamy. Oh, all my wives are favorite. I love them all equally. Blah 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 blah. What's your thinking on that? I think it's BS. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's always a favorite, and she tends to be almost as narcissistic as he is. Mm. So and. I highly disagree <laughs>
0: with with that there, statement. There, there cannot but be a favorite because right. of the way personalities are. Right. Uh, there has to be a favorite, and and they can't help it. And even though they might try, that's still, and the sister wives, um, there's always contention, would always. you say, with the sister wives? I think there's always contention. I've never
1: known any time in my life that there wasn't. Contention, and I've seen it in every other family. So polygamy
0: doesn't teach you not to be jealous; it teaches you to be more jealous. Would you right. say? <laughs> and pretend that you're not. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then live that life of, mm-hmm. of hiding your emotions. It teaches so. you
1: to be really good liars.
0: Oh, they do, mm-hmm. absolutely do. A deceitful life teaches you how to live deceitfully. Um, Although they claim to be honest and righteous, which we've barely touched on, in in living their religion, they have a history of arranged marriages and child brides. I'm talking about all polygamy groups, including Mm -hmm. the AUB. Mm -hmm. They arrange marriages, have child brides. Females are commodity.
1: Mm -hmm. Currency. Um,
0: Do you think the AUB is as guilty as other polygamy groups? And are these things still going on?
1: Well, is there a level of guilt? I mean, is it like... (laughs) (laughs) If they do it, then they do it. Mm -hmm. So I know the AUB has been praised for not having underage marriages, not having arranged marriages, and that's not the case. So maybe it's not as public or in the headlines as it is with the Kingstons and with the FLDS, but it definitely happens There are girls that are getting married at 14, 15 years old. Hmm. and Allred had two, a 14 and a 15 year old and a 17 year old wife. Um, And I remember growing up, my grandfather coming up to me or his friends coming up to me and saying, well, your grandpa, your grandpa said that you could marry me. When ah. you were this age. And I remember seeing it happen to my sisters oh, also. My so just these perverted, gross old men that would apparently have some type of business agreement with mm-hmm. my grandpa that he got to pick which one of his granddaughters he got to marry. And
0: so they're just sitting there watching these young girls grow up, mm-hmm. lusting after them, even mm-hmm. even in their young childhood yeah. years. Yeah.
1: And he married... A 24-year, 22-year-old when he was 66. 66. He was 44 years older
0: than her. Oh, that's so awful. That's not righteous polygamy, is it? Is any polygamy righteous? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question, too. It's not. I told one lady that. She says, well, polygamy is okay. She had been an abused polygamy wife. And I was talking to her about it, and I said, you know, that God has, did not ordain polygamy. And she says, well, righteous polygamy is okay, but when it's lived unrighteously, then he doesn't. And I said, but how can something that he has forbidden be righteous ever? And right. she just, she was speechless. She'd never even heard that God didn't command or condone polygamy.
1: Because that's probably all she's ever that's been taught.
0: all they know. that is that implanted lie that they... Put in these young girls' heads. And the, and the boys, you mm-hmm. know, the young boys believe the same thing. Yeah. Uh, now, what about human trafficking? I want to back up a little bit here. Uh, when the Kingston Group and the FLDS was having all the troubles that they had in the past with the legal authorities, um and the young brides and so on, especially with Warren Chefs, the AUB published, wrote a letter, I think, to the AG or the governor or somebody, and said, if you want us to be the mediator between you and these other groups, we would love to do that for you because we're spotless. We don't do those things, and we can help, you know, and all that. And, of course, whoever it was, turned them down. We can do this without you (laughs) kind of thing. But is there human trafficking in the AUB? Do they actually sell sex for... I mean, how does that work in the AUB? Or do you even know?
1: I, I mean, I don't... Because I've been out for so long, I don't know the things that are currently happening. I do know the labor trafficking, you know, with the kids being raised in family businesses and not going to school so that they can go to work. Um, but arranged marriage, I mean, if it's arranged... Is that still considered
0: human trafficking? If it's under any if they take a, if they move a somebody to one from loc- one location for another for sexual purposes, for underage marriages, uh, for any of that, yes, it's human trafficking.
1: Yeah. So I don't know how the severity of the things that are happening in the AUB, um, but I know that there is trafficking but going on they have on. done it and they have they're done guilty it.
0: as the rest of us mm-hmm. and the rest of the groups
1: right are right guilty because sin is sin and illegal is illegal i don't know that you can say well the flds are more guilty or You're the right. kingstons are more guilty if it's happening at all and maybe it's not happening with every family maybe it's not happening in all situations but if it's happening at all it shouldn't be and mm-hmm. it's too much right Right. One time is too many.
0: Right. What I hate, <clears throat> I hate a lot about polygamy, as most of our viewers would know. Um, what I hate is they say God said to do it. That, that God commands polygamy. That that it'll help you become more Christ-like. You know, God said when really they have so perverted the true gospel right. of the Bible right. that that God could never have... A a God of love could never have commanded polygamy for salvation. No. When did you figure that out?
1: Very early. (laughs) I, I never wanted to be, I don't, maybe when I was like eight years old, I thought, maybe I'll marry my uncle or my sister's husband. And then as I got older, I realized that I didn't want to be part of polygamy at all. And, um... I met my husband at 16, married him at 17. And at about 19, we started attending a non-denomination Christian church. And that was when I learned who God really was. Isn't that exciting? How much He really loved me and that I didn't have to fear or have anxiety, that I didn't have to earn my
0: way Mm. to heaven. That's so awesome so awesome and 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 the same with me and i just want so many other polygamous women to understand that god's love is not contingent on their being right it's so miserable in right. sharing their husband with well, other women and that
1: they're not going to go to heaven without their husband right that
0: he is their only hope
1: right. of
0: entering That's heaven right. And he loves them just as much as he loves males. He loves females right. just as much as he
1: loves. Right. The males. he loves us all the same.
0: <laughs> I've talked for, with former members of the AUB um, who deny there's any abuses in the in the all reds. The other groups are way guilty, but mm-hmm. the Allred group does not do any abusive behavior. What would you say to someone who insisted that was true? It's absolutely false.
1: You I think you look at every single prophet and you comb through the families there and there is abuse happening all the time in every aspect of it.
0: Now the former leader now your father is now the leader of the right. group. He wasn't right. when you were growing up, but he is now. Right. The the prophet so on. But the former Lynn Thompson was actually charged with accused of, I should say, Mm -hmm. of molesting his daughters, abusing his daughters. Right. And some of his nieces. nobody did anything about it. Didn't God know that when he appointed him as leader, that he was an abuser?
1: Well, he could be reformed and saved and changed. There's a reason that God appointed him to be the prophet. So they believe that there's, even if those things were true, he is the one that's the prophet. So... You shouldn't talk about those things Hmm. or dwell on those things. Did he ever admit it or apologize? Not that I'm aware of, no.
0: What about your dad? Now, he's the prophet, and he was very abusive and and all that. Has there been a change in him? Not
1: that I'm aware of, (laughs) no. (laughs) I haven't seen, I haven't spoken to him for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, But from the things that I've heard and from the way that he still treats my mother, Mm -hmm. I don't, see a change in him at all. And he
0: just took another wife, didn't you say? Right.
1: Right. So he just took an eighth wife and he's allowed to do that. I don't think that if they even believe the things that he did were abusive, there would be no there would be no accountability. There would be no punishment. Right. And they have their own court system. They have their own way of handling things. And so, if he can go in there and put on a front of a humble heart and an apologetic man, whether he made amends to any of his kids or not, then
0: they would forgive him. I think most of the leaders of most of the polygamy groups have all, excuse me, all been abusive Mm -hmm. uh, to some degree or another to their wives and their children. Yeah. How can a man have the responsibility, a mere man, okay, the arm of right. flesh, have the responsibility of being over a polygamy group and hearing everybody's problems and also have so many wives? Because they all, all the leaders have mm-hmm. multiple wives and dozens and dozens of kids. How can you have all of that uh, without the stress of, and coming out in the anger or the abusive way? It, I don't think
1: it's possible.
0: It's, it's a certainly aside from God's way of a man raising a family. Right. And right. if you're outside of God's will in that, how can you ever get the the power to overcome the problems?
1: I don't know that they ever can. And but they claim they do. But they claim they do. Yeah. And there's, I mean, out of my father's 39 children, he has four that I'm aware of that are part of the church. And I'm aware of most of my siblings and their lives. And so I find it very interesting that he's got a 10% ratio of his children, retainment, (laughs) that have stayed in the church. Isn't that interesting? And the rest of the kids that aren't part of it, you know, Mm -hmm. don't matter. Mm -hmm. I worked for my father for four years um, in the business that he ran, and I watched the way that he treated people in everyday life. And he was horrible. Mm. He was extremely abusive to the customers that would come in and didn't bat an eye no. at causing fraudulent things with insurance companies yeah. and yeah. but if it was someone from his church, someone from his church that was well regarded, those people got preferential treatment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's there's also the status, who yeah. are you and yeah. how do you help him or how do you make him look better yeah, to his exactly. church.
0: Yeah, what the king says, it was you can lie. It's again, it, it, it's a it's a sin to lie to anybody that's part of the group, but it's okay to lie to anybody that's not out of the group. That's not a right, sin. Right, right. Or cheat or whatever. Right, you know?
1: because they're not as valuable yeah. or as worthy yeah. as you are.
0: And that's another question I want to ask you. Uh, recently, we had somebody make the remark that... Um, one in Mormonism, now this would be all of Mormonism, okay? In Mormonism, the value of one man is greater than the infinite value of an aggregate number of women.
1: Would you, I would disagree with that, that the but value I do of one,
0: believe that that's what they believe. That's what they, oh yes, yes, yes that the value of one man is greater than the aggregate value of all the women i'm sure
1: that's how they believe women are a commodity they're a currency to the men
0: yeah the
1: men are definitely treated as if they are more valuable they than are. any of the women they are and in
0: polygamy you can you can cast aside a wife and get a new one okay let's talk about that why men treat their women some men some polygamous men treat their women atrociously very and neglect them and poverty and withhold money and and and, and all and 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 their presence you know and their fathering and all of that and yet when their wives leave them when an abused wife like that will leave them it's like oh well that's all right not a big (laughs) deal. why
1: why isn't it a big deal because they can come by more. They've got someone else to keep them comfortable, and each woman only has that one man. Yeah. And each man has however many women, and so for the men, it's not worth doing the hard work when they can go to someone else that will replacements re- easy, huh? right? Yeah. Someone that takes better care of or entertains better or feeds them better food. Whatever it is, the women are disposable.
0: And it's the same with children. Mm-hmm. It is because they, if they don't, for instance, if you don't, if you carry a pickup load of kids and 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 you have an accident and two or three of those kids get killed, they can have more, right? There was I an incident where this actually took place several years ago and, and the guy was a Christian man and he emailed me and he said, What's wrong here? Why didn't they restrain those kids? Don't they love them? Did he think that he could replace them so easily? Yes they can. Yeah, they can. Mm-hmm. And it's
1: an awful thing to think about. It is. Or to feel that you're just a number.
0: And how do how can a man love can he love thirty nine children equally? Can He give them the fathering they need? There's no possible way. There's no way. So who suffers?
1: The ones that don't behave as well as the others.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The children suffer, and they suffer for a long, long time. Yeah. What's the highest goal and expectation for a female in the AUB? <laughs> to be a wife and a mother. <laughs> That's it? That's it. But you said a lot of them work. Do their career matter? Does their career matter? Is it just for money, just for the income? I think... I think the majority of
1: it is just for the income. I think if they have to work, they're going to choose something if they can that they enjoy. But um, it's not really put upon you to get a college education, to have a career that you love. You're not seeking after your goals or your desires. You're doing what you can to be to make your family work. To make your family work, right. But,
0: but the highest thing you can do is be a plural wife Yeah. in the AUB and get to the highest heaven. You know, we're running out of time. There's so much we could say and so <laughs> much we could talk about. We may have to re- do, you know, do this again uh, in the future um, because it's so interesting. And like I said, it's so much, so much like and yet so many things are unlike yeah. what the other polygamy groups are. Um, But I want to restate the statement she made, dads are useless. That's a sad statement, but that is true in polygamy groups. Yeah. It really is true. Thank you, Emily, for coming. I, I do want to do this again if we can, you know. Yeah, we've got I would love to, to. A lot that we could talk about. We could probably talk for hours. <laughs> yes, we could. <laughs> we sure could. So uh, keep watch, and we'll have her come on again. Thank you very much. You yeah, know. Thank you. In my closing comments, Psalm chapter ninety six, verse five says, "For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. The Lord is God." The only existing God, the God who is not a polygamist, the same God who created Adam and Eve and brought them together in a monogamous marriage. The example that should be followed for every marriage that ever takes place on this planet. Any other God is a worthless idol, as Psalm ninety-six five reminds us. And any other kind of marriage than monogamy is not in God's plan for humanity and is against His perfect will. Polygamous and the Mormon church leader who thinks that he'll have plural wives in the afterlife because of some human ritual that is not genuine God-ordained marriage will find themselves like the rich man in the story Jesus told in Luke chapter 16. Jesus said no one can come to the Father except through him. You cannot get there by living polygamy. Acts 4, 11, and 12 tells us that Jesus is the only name given under heaven by which we must be saved. We urge you to take heed of the things Jesus taught, and He never taught polygamy. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by a Shield and Refuge ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.